Welcome to episode five of TASA's Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Eric Simpson, and on today's episode, we'll preview our first ever TASA Virtual SummerCon 2020 with TASA's own Brandon Core. We're going to visit with featured SummerCon thought leader Todd Withorn about wellness leadership, and we're going to hear from Tanya Larkin on the work that's gone into Pampa's summer planning. But first, here's Kevin Brown. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us on this podcast today. We're really excited about the information that we're going to be able to provide in this, starting with Todd Whitthorn. Uh, Todd is a great friend of mine personally, as well as all of us here at TASA. Uh, he works with Naturally Slim, and he's done a number of workshops with us in the past. Todd is an expert in wellness, both physical, social, emotional wellness. And as you know, during this global pandemic, all of us are impacted by uh, the, the toil that this has put on all of us. And, and as a leader, uh, it's important for you to take care of yourself so that you can also serve uh, your staff and your students. And so we're excited about having him on this. We're also gonna be talking to you about our summer virtual conference. I'm really proud of our TASA team for pivoting so quickly this summer. We've gone from an in-person conference that was gonna be about advocacy to a virtual conference that's gonna be entirely about COVID-19 responses, hopefully being very relevant to you, something that informs you as you prepare for the school year uh, this coming fall. Uh, we also want it to be an engaging experience, not just a series of webinars, but something that allows you to participate in an engaging and relevant way. We'll have an exhibit hall with corporate partners, and we're just very excited about the platform that we'll have. So that'll be coming June 9th to 12th. And then finally, we'll hear from Tanya Larkin, who's a superintendent doing great things with summer school. We're gonna follow up on a conversation with her from one of our TASA live virtual events that we had a little bit of technology problems. So we're excited to hear from Tanya. I hope you enjoy all of this. Thanks so much for all of the work that you're doing, leading your school districts, leading your communities, serving the 5.4 million children in the state of Texas. I'm really proud of you, and just keep on going and, and taking care of everybody. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This week's episode is brought to you by Google for Education. Google believes that everyone, educators and learners at every age and stage, deserve the tools and skills that set them up for success in building the future they want for themselves. Google continues to listen to the challenges teachers are facing during these uncertain times, and that's why they announced this new resource to help teachers and students stay connected, Teach From Home. Teach From Home is a central hub of information, tips, training, and tools from across Google for education to help teachers keep teaching, even when they aren't in the classroom. Visit teachfromhome.google for more. First up is friend of the show, Brandon Core, Associate Executive Director here at TASA. Since March, our team has been working on a new approach for TASA's first ever virtual summer con. We've moved the dates to June 9th through 12th. We've converted our approach to online. And as you'll hear, we have a stellar lineup for Texas education leaders. Brandon Core, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. How are you doing, pal? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Eric. Talk to me a little bit about the things that you're excited about with the digital platform, because this will be our first digital conference. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited because um, the fact that the conference is uh, completely virtual really allowed us as an organization to create a dynamic learning experience and a digital platform uh, so quickly, uh, centered around the issues that we feel that our members and school leaders will be facing and are currently facing 
uh, related to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, school closures, um, the reopening of school in the fall. Uh, the platform that we'll be using has a uh, pretty dynamic and robust networking feature, which allows us to schedule hosted uh, networking time and also allow for kind of unplanned organic um, run-ins, if you would, with conference attendees. The interactivity of the platform was one of our key design elements as we were um, beginning the initial planning and design phases of this conference. And so uh, we feel that it's a virtual platform that's going to mimic as close as possible uh, to uh, an in-person event. You know, one thing that we said early on, and you know this, Eric, is that we were calling this a virtual conference and we needed to ensure that it was not going to be a series of webinars. We did not need it to be kind of cameras off, mics off. And so super excited about this platform and the opportunity for our participants and attendees to come and um, to, to resemble uh, an actual in-person conference as much as possible. We've got a lot of different people to do some, some really great updates. What content are you particularly excited about? Um, you know, I, the, the list for me is pretty extensive. I mean, the fact that the theme of the conference is leading our schools through crisis and preparing for a new normal, uh, I mean, the sky was really the limit for us in curating content. Uh, so we have state level officials, we have subject matter experts, we have district, um, district leaders and some of our members that are sharing best practices. And so I think just the broad spectrum of content topic areas it's probably what excites me the most. So, I mean, we have everything from school finance and featuring um, like the thought leaders in Texas related to school finance. So TASBO, Equity Center, Moat Casey and others. Uh, we're touching on personnel and teacher certification issues. And so you have the opportunity to receive that content and that learning from TASB HR services, TASPA, the School Personnel Administrators Association, as well as some of our College of Education deans in Texas. Um, various uh, leadership-specific um, topic areas and sessions, so crisis leadership with the Holdsworth Center. Um, we have transformational leadership for both campus principals and central office leaders. That's going to be provided by our partner Into Learning. Um, we, uh, we even have principal-specific content, so we're working closely and have worked closely with TEPSA and TASSP. Uh, because as we know that uh, many other of the traditional summer conference events had to be canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we're really trying to ensure that this is a learning opportunity for leaders across the, the organization. So obviously, you know, superintendents and central office leaders, but also campus administrators and, and various uh, role types and, and job groups within the district organization. Uh, one in particular that I'm really excited that we're able to feature is a UIL update in light of COVID-19 and the start of the 2021 uh, school year. And so we'll be touching on the extracurricular aspects with UIL. Uh, we'll have federal education updates by AASA. Um, we've engaged the Technology Association, so we'll be touching on remote learning and technology leadership uh, with both TCEA as well as the Texas K-12 CTO Council. I'll tell you, there are there are three thought leaders particularly that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'm excited about everybody. Todd Thorne, we got to hear him at the leadership summit last year. He's going to be on the uh, podcast uh, after your after after this. Um, Ruby Payne, she is uh, she's been really active during this this pandemic and really thinking about how uh, 
how what we know about poverty and how it affects students uh, will continue to help us understand the needs of some kind of newly vulnerable people. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then uh, uh, confirmed yesterday, Flip Flippin is going to be with wow. us. So we'll actually yeah. have Flip Flippin there. Um, and uh, uh, and I, I, uh, to round it off, John Tanner um, will talk about um, true accountability and whether uh, and whether it's possible to turn accountability off for a year. Um, I think his argument would be that it's not true accountability if you can just turn it off like a flip of a switch. So it'll be pretty, pretty, pretty neat. It's an amazing lineup. And, you know, you're talking about those thought leaders, which remind me of our keynote speakers that we'll have on the main stage. Uh, we're still in the final phases, as you know, of, of confirming those, and we hope to be able to release that lineup soon. But we know that Commissioner Morath will be uh, joining us uh, as, as one of those uh, main stage speakers. Um, and, and speaking of Commissioner Morath, we've received confirmation from TEA uh, that they're going to be providing um, updates on a whole litany of topic areas that's really going to apply to just about every aspect and facet of the district organization. And so we're certainly appreciative for them to be able to provide that, that content expertise on so many of the areas that our district leaders and members are, are seeking at this time. Brandon Core, my good friend, thank you so much for being on the podcast for the first time. I'm sure that you'll be back real soon. Absolutely. Thanks for everything you're doing, Eric. Appreciate it. We hope to see you at TESA's Virtual SummerCon 2020. Keep up with all the exciting content we'll be announcing and register for the event at www.tessavirtualcon.org. Today's featured guest is the Chief Inspiration Officer and founder of the wellness program Naturally Slim, which is included as part of the TRS Active Care Medical Benefits here in Texas. Todd Withorn is a wellness expert who works with leaders across the U.S. to frame wellness in a way that transforms organizations. I spoke with him via WebEx from his home right here in Texas. Well, Todd Withorn, thank you for joining us for the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Eric, thank you. I have a, a very soft spot in my heart for educators, and I know how hard you guys work and and the, the value that you bring to our communities. So I, I'm very excited, as always, to be a part of anything that you guys are touching. In any way I can help, I'm always excited to do, to do that. Thank you. Well, you know, we enjoyed having you at our Leadership Summit last year. And um, your, your message to leadership about the importance of taking care of, of themselves so that they can be effective leaders, um, I know really made a difference to, to several of the people at that, that meeting. Uh, including me, like we continue in the office to talk about uh, taking care of the Bugatti. So you you some praise into our into our lexicon. I I just believe that's a a great you know kind of uh, metaphor, so to speak, of how we need to take care of ourselves. We're not you know if we're automobiles, if we think of the human body as an automobile, we're not clunkers. You know we're not a we're not just something that's struggling to get down the road. We are the finest production car in existence, at least that I'm aware of, and that's the Bugatti. And I think if you change your mindset a little bit and start thinking about what a wonderful vessel that, that you've been blessed with, that and also understanding you're the only mechanic that can really take care of it effectively, uh, it kind of changes the mindset a little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a great analogy. You know, there, there are so many different types of, of wellness that we talk about in, in schools. And normally it's kind of a, um, I would say that we, we break things down into students and professionals, right? But we also see that there's a, there seems to be a difference between 
you know, your, your teacher who's you know, 25 years old and he's in the classroom and then your, your administrator who's in their you know, upper 50s or 60s who's, who's in central office. Um, can you start off by talking to us about how the different age groups uh, have affected differently in this pandemic? That's a great question, Eric. Um, you know, as Mike Tyson used to say, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And, and at that point, then you've got to come up with a new plan. And, you know, depending on where you, you know, how you define the cut point, I look at kind of the pre-COVID and post-COVID is, is March 11th. We all know about 9-11, but I look at March 11th because that, on that day, that's when, you know, uh, Adam Silver shut down the NBA. It's when uh, the, the government shut down international travel. It's when Tom Hanks and his wife, you know, uh, told the world that they had had COVID. So suddenly it became real. We all got punched somewhere in mid-March. How we react to that punch has a lot to do with how we've been taking care of ourselves. How strong are we coming into the fight? And, and so I believe that, it, to your point, you know, in general, a 25-year-old teacher has different challenges right now, potentially, than does a 50- or 60-year-old administrator. Uh, but overall, it boils down to, have you been taking care of yourself? And do you continue to take care of yourself? Because there's... The way, I, the way I see it is that there's, there's really two things that, that we can semi-control. Part of our challenge with this is that we, we don't know, we can't really control it. We don't know a lot about it. It's an invisible inter, uh, in, uh, enemy, but we have basically, we know what we can do to lower our chances of, of being exposed. And, and everybody knows that. Wash your hands, avoid crowds, social distance, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't need to belabor that. But the other part of it I believe is really important is, hey, if I do get this and I may do everything I can not to, but I still may get it, that's a reality. What can I do to be able to fight back? And those things are absolutely in our control. And that's, that's what is so important is recognizing, as you heard me last summer, it's, it's now even more important than then, is we have to take care of our vessel, our Bugatti, so to speak. And we need to do everything right now in particular our immunity uh, and and make sure that we're as strong as we can be. So how does it what does that look like? And again, none of this is novel. Uh, we we've known this for a long time, right? Uh, good healthy nutrition. Put good fuel in the Bugatti. Manage your weight as best you can. Manage your emotions. Sleep because sleep is going to definitely improve your immune system. Hydrate. Uh, and a lot of physical activity, if at all possible. Even the, mod you know, the modicum of physical activity is taking one or two or three walks per day, getting outside, getting some vitamin D and, and, and really clearing your head because this is a fight right now physically and emotionally, the way I look at it, because we all are stressed. Um, do you feel like there's any particular emphasis that a leader can have in their organization? Should they be... What, what do you think that they can uh, affect change in the most? Is it diet? Is it you know, sleep? What, what do you think? That, that, that's a fantastic question, Eric. I think there's two parts to it. One is that you can practice what you preach. And we can, you know, we could de debate what is the most important of those things that we've already covered. You know, is it diet? Is it exercise? Is it sleep? You know, I would, those are the big three. There are many other things that you can do along with that. But if you take care of those three things, if you are maxing out or at least doing, you know, on the on average, you're doing the right thing in those three categories, then you're ahead of the curve. So you need to model that behavior personally and you need to, to 
recognize that people are watching. And I, again, I've, I've been around the TASA team long enough to realize superintendents, service center people, all these, all the folks, teachers, principals, et cetera, you guys know you're being watched. And so modeling that behavior, I think is really, really important. If you want the troops involved, you have to have the general involved. And all of us are generals in some capacity. So model that behavior and then verbalize it and be consistent with it in terms of priority. Give your folks permission to recognize that how important it is that their health is. That you want them to take care of themselves and you wanna do everything you can to provide them the platform to make that happen. And I believe it's now more than ever that health, when we talk about health, it's, it's at least equal, if not more important, we're talking about health above the neck not just below the neck. They're completely connected. I absolutely firmly believe that and the data supports me on that, but we have got to focus on our emotional health and managing that properly and recognize that everybody else around us, has everything's been amplified. The, the, the temperature, the thermostat has been turned up because of this. We've got a lot of challenges. We have a lot of new things that we're being forced to do. And probably the best way that I can describe it is that we're running a race. We're all running a race. We just don't know how long the race is. So if you've ever run a, a mile or a 5K or a half marathon or a marathon, you generally train for it and you're you're prepared. You know that you're, okay, if I'm gonna run a marathon, I know I'm gonna spend, a guy like me is gonna spend four or five hours running. I'm gonna be in pain probably or some modicum of pain for five hours, but I know that going in and, and I've I've done that intentionally and I've trained for that. Right now, we're basically in a race that we haven't trained for and we don't know how long it's gonna last. So we have to, we have to give ourselves some grace and, and, and some slack and we have to utilize any sort of skills that we know that we can develop to help manage through this, not just your inner circle, but everybody that you come in contact with. That's gotta add to the, the mental strain and the stress that our leaders are experiencing. And you, you look for certainty and you look for information at a time like this. And uh, I, I'm curious from your point of view, you know, thinking about that mental health angle, what is the difference between being too informed, being uh, obsessed oh, yeah. uh, versus you know, being informed enough to where you're not ignorant and that you, you know what's going on? How do you, how do you strike that balance? Man, I, I, I believe that's possibly the best topic or question that you could ask because um, we, we know a lot about uh, how the human reacts to fear, and we know about uncertainty and all these type of things. Um, my background is in kinesiology and exercise physiology, my educational background. My professional background, I spent 20 years working in, in television and media. So I can tell you from experience that the, the, the business of media is to keep you engaged. They want your attention. And whether it's television, radio, uh, a thing that some people may remember called a newspaper or social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. I mean, it, everybody knows it's ever present. In fact, I recently listened to a fantastic interview with a psychiatrist by the name of Paul Conti. And he talked about the role of, of media, social media and technology on our psyche, on our mind, and our, our, our life satisfaction, our mood, our happiness. And he said that we're living in a state of hypervigilant discomfort. And 
I think that's a really interesting quote. So to your question, we have to control our technology and not let technology control us. And so we have to put a limit on that. We have to choose our sources, um, not just your cable channel, because oftentimes, depending on what cable channel you choose is, is going to determine what kind of information you're getting. We need to recognize that there are multiple fronts to this fight right now, right? We've got a health component, we have an economic component, um, and we have a psychological component. So I think what is important is to pick your source. What's your source for information? Get the information that you need, even though this is certainly a pandemic, but it is a local issue. So what's going on in Austin is not what's going on in Dallas and certainly not what's going on in New York or Singapore or Shanghai. So you can get wrapped around the axle all day long by just watching report after report, after, you know, looking at the headlines and, and really getting yourself kind of twisted up if you're not careful. So I encourage people to pick a, pick a time and it should be, I don't believe more than 30 minutes max and get your daily dose. What's going on in my community What's happening with this re-entry process now? And obviously, anybody that's following the news in Texas knows that we're all over the map. So figure out what's happening in your community and, and then understand that, again, we, there's only so many things we can control, but let's do that and let's not get wrapped up and let's not get emotionally you know, sucked into what the media wants us to do because their job is to keep you watching or listening. And, and we, our job is to keep us you know, sane and safe. And so I think there's a happy medium there, but really controlling that. I'll be totally honest, in the past three or four weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, I intentionally delay any sort of technology when I get up in the morning. Uh, I'll do it for as long as I can. And obviously everybody's working from home and we've got to email and Zoom and do all the things. And I get that. But when you first get up in the morning, I encourage you not to look at your phone right away. Don't look for whatever the headline is that some individual or some algorithm, you know, generated to get you, you know, engaged and get you riled up. Take some time, just get up, go to the bathroom, make a cup of coffee, feed the dogs, whatever, and take some time just to breathe and to be grateful for what you have. And it may be five minutes, it may be 25 minutes, and everybody varies, I get it. If you've got young kids or whatever, that may be a challenge. But I just encourage you to control your thoughts as opposed to let someone else externally, you know, force you to think about what they want you to think about. Because at the end of the day, it's probably not gonna be very encouraging or enlightening. We're gonna leave it there. Um, Todd Witherland, thank you for being with us on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in a summer conference. You'll have three sessions there. There's a, there'll be a thought leader session. You're also talking to two psychologists. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. We've got uh, two really terrific psychologists that are a part of our Naturally Slim team. Since, you know, the middle of March, we've, we've kind of doubled down on our emphasis on the importance of, of mental health and something we call vital needs. And uh, it's been extremely well received. We've got hundreds of, of clients around the country that are all struggling with this. And so we're trying to do what we can to help organizations kind of manage through this. So Dr. Dana Labatt and Dr. Kevin Gilliland will, will join us during that summer session. And I'm excited about that because these folks are, they're in the trenches, they're talking to folks and they have really actionable suggestions and, and ways for us to develop the skills 
to manage through this and not not only come out of this, you know, just kind of how, how we went in, but hopefully to come out of this whenever we're, that's going to happen, come out stronger than we were before. So I'm really excited to, to be able to to be a part of that session moving forward in uh, in June. My goal by the end of summer conference is that I am no longer the Saturn sedan you see in front of you, but that I will be on my way to full Bugatti status. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have full confidence in you. There's no, no question that will, that will happen. And I think, you know, as you've heard me say, we're all Bugattis. We just have to do everything we can to hit on all cylinders. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. Have a great day. That was Todd Withorn, courtesy of Naturally Slim. Find more information at www.naturallyslim.com. My final guest is Pampa ISD Superintendent Tanya Larkin. Tampa ISD is a district of roughly 3,500 students in Region 17 near the Texas Panhandle. Tanya has been an active part of our school transformation work and joined us via WebEx from her office in Pampa, Texas. Tanya Larkin, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Thank you for joining us for back-to-back uh, -back events. Glad to be here. Glad to get the opportunity to share and learn from others. I know that during the, your, your summer planning, uh, conversation yesterday, you mentioned that you see this in some ways as kind of a dress rehearsal for the fall. So if you were, just walk us through uh, some of the conversations you've had and decisions you've made about uh, summer services and what you think that will uh, entail for preparations for the fall. Sure, I'd be glad to. You know, we began talking about three or four weeks ago about summer school as one of the big what ifs, um, if we're even going to be able to have it. and if we did, what would that look like? Um, and we also started thinking about all the different deliverables and how we would be able to navigate through um, the limitations, but also the opportunities. And so we started putting together um, teams of teachers and with administrators and parents and students to talk about their comfort level and with just being safe going into our buildings if we're allowed but then also what would we want to do? You know, our biggest guiding question was, um, how can we use the transformational synergy that we have created through all of this COVID and school closures to reimagine what summer school could be for our kids and for our teachers and for our families. And with, the, um, with all the restrictions and all the mandates removed on the academic side, you know, traditional summer school was recovery, getting ready to take star tests again, end of course exams, and there was lots of reporting and uh, required summer academies for bilingual and so forth. We were, we knew we were free from that. So that was fun and exciting to, to think about all the things we could do, but we have a new set of restrictions put on us now. And it's, what do we do with the health and safety of our staff and students and how to get them in the building? And so we started these teams just really thinking about what would we want to do um, for learning? All the different ways learning could look, and it's the continuum of all. Some of it's going to be all virtual. Some of it will all be face to face. Especially with our really young students learning how to read, that's the biggest concern: is getting our kinder and first and second graders in there because they've lost out on that reading instruction. But then also the blended, and you know, some will be face to face, some will be online together. And so with that, when the governor opened up the schools for summer school. And when we received the TEA guidance, we were really excited because now we had some parameters that we could use as a trial run, use as a practice for protocols and procedures and developing 
ways to do that efficiently and effectively uh, and safely and thinking about how to scale that up for the fall, whether we're able to have 50% of our capacity in our building, 75%, uh, you know, hopefully the restrictions won't get worse than what we have right now. And it's much easier to loosen them up than it is to scale them back down. So we're using summer school not only as an opportunity to meet the needs of our students and community, we're using it as an opportunity to have a dress rehearsal for the fall, whatever that's going to look like. What is your largest goal with summer learning? Um, is there a particular group that you're hoping to see any specific results in? Um, and also, what's your biggest concern about um, having people back on campus? Well, I think the biggest concern is obviously the safety. Um, we we do not want to uh, act too soon. We do not want to uh, delay too long. And so it's finding that Goldilocks just right moment and balance of moving forward cautiously, but purposefully with intention and really having good plans to keep our students and our staff and our parents safe while we're learning. But our biggest goal for academics is, you know, we have so many students that have really had regression in their academic gains over the last few months. You know, of course, we have two different kinds of summer school that we're offering. One is our extended school year, which we've always offered. And those are for some of our more severe, profound students that really need more time in the summer. And then we have our compensatory services that for some, you know, for some, we could not offer some of their services because it, it you know, physical therapy, they had to physically be close to someone. And so those we were not able to provide. And so we're having those as well. So those are our most vulnerable and most critical that we find a way to make sure we can serve them the very best of our ability. Our next goal is, of course, our early learners, our readers. If we can't get, if we can't get them to read on level by third grade, we know it's going to be an uphill battle. And so we're putting a lot of energy into focusing on our early learners and our bilingual learners. We have about 18% of our students are learning a second language. And so that is another one that we, we don't want them to fall behind in that. And then the other end of the spectrum, we had great interest from our parents and students who want um, they want opportunities to be college ready. They're really worried about keeping their competitive edge. They're worried about ACT scores, SAT scores. Even though colleges are waiving the requirement, that's where the scholarship money comes from. And so we're wanting to meet those needs as well. And so our goal is overarching to be safe and meet the needs. Um, is there anything that you're doing uh, for the social emotional learning of students during the summer? Oh, absolutely. We're, we're going to continue a lot of things that we were doing in the spring. And, and that is, you know, putting lots of mechanisms in place for people to check in, to reach out, um, to connect with counselors, with teachers. Uh, our counselors did a wonderful job early on, you know. I know that, you know, the Texas Education Agency has given us a lot of guidance and they've set up a lot of things for instructional continuity, but the very first thing we did was a needs assessment on the needs of our families, and it was food, um, safety, mental health, and wellness, and with our staff and and with our parents. And so we are we set up several uh, phone call phone numbers that they could call 
um, emails where they could email and then open open invitations for, hey, if you just need to visit with a counselor, we can get on Zoom and, or get on the phone and, and we can talk. And so the, the key to that is getting people to take it when they need it. And that's where that trust comes in. And so I think we built a lot of that trust and goodwill in the spring, and we're going to continue to offer those things in the summer because the summer is also a time traditionally when kids feel disconnected from their friends, they feel disconnected from a lot of things. And so it's even, even more critical now than it was in the spring uh, to make sure that we don't lose. Because when you think about it in August, if we get our kids back in August, um, there we're six months, six months away has passed since we really saw them last. And that is, that is too long. That is just too long. And for many of our kids, um, you know, that's what keeps me up at night is making sure that our, you know, our, our kids are okay and that our staff are okay. So, you know, keeping those lines of communication available, hotlines, outreach, um, and just making sure people know that not only is it available, but we want them to take advantage of that. You're doing wonderful things in Pampa. We really appreciate you taking time out of your business schedule to share them with us. And uh, I hope you have a really safe, productive, and healthy summer. Well, thank you. We have a lot of good people here. with um, They're doing the right things for the right reasons, and it doesn't get much better than that. We'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to the TASA Inspiring Leaders podcast. We'll be back after TASA Virtual Summer Con 2020 with more episodes in mid-June. Until next time, thank you from all of us here at TASA World Headquarters. And stay safe and healthy.